Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. God, I, I just uh, I ask that as we've just talked about a few different things today, and you know, as uncomfortable as it may seem, at least for me, uh, but knowing that part of our worship is giving, uh, God, I ask that, that, that you just stir our hearts up to uh, just come closer to you and want to be engaged more with you, not putting our eyes on our stuff, but putting our eyes on you and how you've blessed us. So God, in the next few moments as we talk about different things and, and talk about your triumphal entry, um, and why we do Palm Sunday and, and what that means to us uh, or for us. Uh, God, I ask that you just you show up and you show off. And God, I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 11. While you're turning there, I want to share something with you that I think is very important, um, something that, that we as elders have been working on uh, and, and something that I think is, is very um, it, it, this is we're we're at a I don't know what would you call it guys like a milestone moment in, in the church we've come to a place that we are not satisfied with status quo we're not satisfied with how things are going with inside the church and now, now when I say that don't don't go negative on me saying well what do you mean what are we doing wrong no 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 I, I don't I, I'm not meaning like that I'm saying that we want us us as a body to break through we want to break through the ceiling we want to break through to where god um, has designed us to be we know that the mission of the church and the mission of the church has not has not changed will not change is that we want to glorify god by making disciples glorify god by making disciples that's the mission of the church so we've been talking over the past few weeks um um about this, that the, the, the mission of the church is, is to, to glorify God by, by making disciples, but when we close our eyes, and, and you can, because we've already taken an offering, right? When, when we close our eyes, what do we see our church? What do we envision our church to be? And we've been wrestling with this, and we've come up with a vision statement that I think is very, um, it's tailored to our church, but it's not only a, a defining vision of where we want to see our church um, be, it's an invitation to, to join us in this. So Mike's going to throw this, this statement up here. And, and this statement, I, I would, I, I would uh, highly recommend you all write this down because you're going to be hearing this a lot. Because when I close my eyes and when we, t we think about what our church is to be, this is what I, 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 I actually have spent some time awake at night thinking about this quite often. I've been sharing it with the, the, the elders, and we've all been you know, wrestling with this. But we want to be a church. Now, and it is, it's important that we, we say a church, because we're not just a gathering. We're not just a, a club. No, we're a church. Because the Bible says that, 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 that uh, Christ will, will, will build His church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All right. So we are a church. Now, we're a church where, where real people... So, and this is, this is going to be comforting for some of you. Others, you're going to, this is going to be very awkward. But it's, it, it, we're a church where real people can find and experience real life. Now, you might think, well, we do that. We're cool already. Yes, you have a cool pastor and all, but y'all aren't cool. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm playing, playing. What, what, what I want us to understand is real people, we think, we think we can look around, we're like, yep, we got some real characters in here. No, real people are, are, are people that are going to live out and, and interact with one another without putting up any facade. Now, when I say that, I'll tell you right now, that's going to get messy. It's going to get messy in here. It's going to get messy with how, um, uh, uh, or it's going to get messy in, in the way in which we deal with things. 
But at the end of the day, if we want to glorify God by making disciples, that means that we're going to have to do something about this. So I, I, I see this as an opportunity and an invitation for us all to understand that real people, what, what do real people mean? That means not, it doesn't mean bringing, also bringing in real people. It means people that are already here as well. There, there's some, some uh, realness in which we need to have. Now, do we want to bring real people into our, 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 our body here, our church? Uh, absolutely. But the whole purpose, the whole intention for bringing people in and for us being here, these real people, us, real people as well, is that we can, can find and experience real life. Now, this real life in which I'm talking about is not something that, that I have defined. It's the real life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10, where he says, I've come to give life and life abundantly. And it's also, and, and, and thinking back through, coming, as we were coming up with this statement and everything, um, I, I was thinking back through, going back through a lot of my sermon notes and everything, and there's a verse that comes up over and over and over and over and over and over again, unintentionally, which is Romans 8.11. It's the verse that, that says that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that dwells inside me. And the reason, or because He dwells inside me, I can have life, Right? He's come to give life to our mortal body. So that goes into this understanding of what our vision for our, our church is. We want real people, we want real life. And we've got to be a place where people can find that. What does that mean? Some of you are like, okay, well, just get on with the sermon. What that means is there's going to be change amongst us. What, does that, what change am I talking about? I'm not talking organizational change, stuff like that. I'm talking there's got to be soul, heart, transformation change that starts with us that we have to be willing to deal with things instead of masking things that we have to understand what our purpose is and this is the the transitional stage here for going from my rant about the our, our vision into the sermon here because i'm going to ask you this question and this question is going to, to, to kind of unpack what we're going to, or, or, or lay the groundwork, I guess, for what we're going to talk about today. And the question is this. You ready? What's my, my life's purpose? What's my life's purpose? You know, that's not just a Christian question. That is an all of humanity's question. You ever Google something like that? Yeah, what are the greatest questions ever asked? This would be in the top five, if not in the top two. What's my life's purpose? Well, I can tell you this with certainty. As we're going to look at, at, at Jesus today, He knew what His purpose was. If you're already there in, in Mark chapter 11, uh, the, the text in which um, uh, Chuckles uh, read for us is a text that um, it talks about the, the triumphal entry. Now when we talk about the triumphal entry, this is the entry of Jesus coming into uh, Jerusalem. This is all the, the, the first day of, of Passion Week. Well, what's Passion Week? It's the last day of Jesus' earthly life. Or I should say the last week of Jesus' earthly life. This is the first day of the last week of Jesus' earthly life. Now, if you are um, a student of, of Scripture, or maybe you just, you've heard um, bald guys rant about it before, this account is in all four of the Gospels. All right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel books, okay? So this account, this uh, um, triumphal entry into Jerusalem is in all four of, of the gospels. 
So that already should kind of um, tickets and flags and what are the red lights and whatever should go off in our head, buzzers like, wow, that must be important. Not everything that happened in Jesus' life is in every single one of the Gospels, but this is. So we'll look at this as understanding this is, this is a very important event. The location of the event is very important. The timing of the event, event is very important. The Feast of Passover is beginning. Now the Feast of Passover is where the, the, the nation of Israel, they would uh, um, remember the, the exodus. They remembered being freed from bondage. And that was the remembrance was that um, the, the, a lamb was slain and the blood was covering, would, would cover the doorposts and the lentil of the, of, of, uh, of the house. And the death angel would pass over and would not kill the firstborn. If you want more about that, read in Exodus when, when the, um, the, the children come out of Israel. This was commemorating, this was remembering that. That's what the Feast of Passover was all about. The Feast of Passover was foreshadowing what was going to take place. Jesus was coming. The Messiah was coming to satisfy the penalty for sin once and for all. So this is the beginning of the week, and Jesus is, is uh, it says that he's come into or come to the, the, the Mount of Olives, and there's Bethpage and there's Bethany, which are both on the slopes of the, the Mount of Olives. And you can stand on the Mount of Olives, and you can see down over and look over all of Jerusalem. I've stood there on the Mount of Olives, and I've looked out over and, and, and looked over, the, 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 had the view that Jesus had, probably had, was I standing in the exact spot? Maybe he was standing 10 feet over. I don't know. We don't know exactly where he was standing. But I was standing on that mountain. I was looking out over the city. You can see all of the city. You can see the Kidron Valley right in front of you because you're standing on this hill and you're, you're looking west. Actually, this way, right? We're looking west. And you see the Kidron Valley, and it comes up, and the Temple Mount is there. Obviously, the, the, the temple uh, is, is not there now. It, it's the, um, the, the mosque and the, the Dome of the Rock for, for Islam, because that's a whole other story in and of itself. But you can see all of what Jesus could have saw. You can see the, the, the corners of the, um, the, the, the uh, temple walls there. You can see where, where uh, Satan would have taken Jesus when he was tempting him. And it says that, um, that, that uh, Satan took Jesus up to the, the pinnacle of the temple and said, you know, you throw yourself down and you're not going to get hurt because that's what the Bible says, right? That, that, the, that, the, um, that God, the Father will send angels down to, to whisk you up. You can see that point where that took place. You can see all of this in front of you. And if you're like me, you're, you're like kind of overwhelmed at that moment. Like, I'm standing in the vicinity of where Jesus stood. On the day that he came into Jerusalem, this triumphal entry. And it says here that, 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 that there was Bethany there, there was Bethpage here. What's, what's the importance of, of, these, of these towns? Well, particularly Bethany is the town where uh, Mary and Martha and some other dude lived. Anybody? Lazarus. Lazarus lived there. Actually, actually that's where Lazarus died and he lived again. Right? He lived there twice, right? The one if he had to get established residency twice. Um, <laughs> but understand that this that place it, it, this is where where Jesus is at, and that event took place probably a week before this, because it says that people were still stirred up about it. There are people in, the, the, in this crowd around Jesus the, 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 as he's going down the, the Mount of Olives. 
that are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And understand this, that was another cool thing. Like the trek down the Mount of Olives, it's a mountain. I remember going, we drove down it. We didn't walk down it. But I mean, you're like, it's pretty steep going down the, the, the Mount of Olives. So I'm thinking about Jesus as He's sitting on His donkey. He's got to hold on so He don't fall off going down, down the mountain. And as He's going down the mountain, there are uh, uh, people all around the, the, the road there. And it says that, that they, they, they threw their coats down on the, the, the pathway. But they had also these, these leafy branches. Anybody have a leafy branch in here? Everybody hold it up. Okay. Hold it up. So... These are, the, these are palm throngs, right? Palm fr- fronds, right? Fronds? Fronds. Hans fronds. We will pump you up, right? All right, go ahead and put them down. But, but think about this. There are people that are they're sitting there and they're waving these. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king, of, uh, the son of David. Hosanna means save us now. They, they were going, woohoo, the king is here. We're going, we're going to be saved. And just like Kurt told us a little bit ago, they were looking for their earthly kingdom. But Jesus wasn't coming to, to, uh, to, 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 to establish His earthly kingdom at this time. The, the, the understanding or the, sim, the, the symbolism of that little palm frond that you have right there is important to the, to the Jewish people. It's important to us, but it's important to the Jewish people. It's a sign of victory. It's a sign, it's a Jewish symbol of victory. Um, not many years, a couple, well, 100 years, 190-ish years, almost 200 years before this all took place, uh, there was a great revolt and everything, and uh, this, this dude by the name, well, it was a family, but this dude by the name of Judas Maccabeus, um, I love his nickname, The Hammer, right? Who, who doesn't want a nickname like that? The Hammer, Right? He, he, uh, he, he conquered um, the, 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 the Seleucid government and it was you know, just wreaking havoc, havoc on Jerusalem. Anyways, long story, but what, what they do is when he uh, uh, made his procession and they, they had these palm fronds and they, and they were saying, they were, they were crying out in victory. So think about that, that when Jesus was coming down the, the hill, they were crying out in victory. Saying, Hosanna, save us now, because the, the, um, the, the Jewish people were being oppressed at that time by the Roman government. Now all of this is said, we, we can understand that the, the cloaks that were laid down on, on the, uh, the road, think of the red carpet, right? Jesus was getting the red carpet treatment. But then it, we, we understand also that the, there was these, these people this crowded around in the streets. They were everywhere. Knowing that the, the, the time of year that this was, that the, the feast of Passover was at hand, Jerusalem would have been swollen. It would have been swelled up to over you know, ten times the normal population. Because this was one of the three feasts where all of the, 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 the uh, faithful uh, Jewish males would, would come and bring their families to celebrate this feast. So you have people from all over the place, huge crowd. But amongst this crowd, you had the people that saw or heard about Lazarus being raised from the dead. So there's a huge stir in this. There are people that are like, yay, Jesus, right? They're the disciples, and I picture the disciples that are walking along with Jesus, and they're kind of strutting their stuff and saying, yep, I'm with him, right? No one in here would do that, right? But they're, they're like, yeah, as if they did anything. Well, we know a couple of them went and got a donkey for him. 
right? The, the, the text here says that, that, that Jesus instructed a couple of his disciples and says, hey, go into this town. The town, it, it's not named there, but more than likely it's probably Bethany. I, I fully believe, and I'll tell you in a second why. But um, go into this town, and there's going to be a donkey that's tied there. Untie that donkey and bring it to me. And if anybody gives you any trouble, tell them, I need it. Right? The Lord needs it. So what happens? They go in there, and there's a donkey, and it says that when they're untying it, there's the, some people around there are like, what are you doing? Uh, we're untying it because Jesus needs it. And they say, okay, have a nice day. And, and they take the donkey. Right? So we, we understand that these disciples are like, man, this is great. Jesus, go tell me to get a boat. I'll go get that too, right? Or a new pickup truck or whatever. He's if Money can't buy you everything, right? But it can buy you a boat and a truck to pull it. You knew I was going to get there sooner or later. So understanding that this is all taking place, understanding that, that, that there's a lot of different uh, um, people in this story. I, I love as we hear texts like this or we read stories like this or we, where we're listening to them. That, that, you know, it's, well, let, let me use this. Maybe when you watch a movie, because maybe that's maybe you're not a reader, fine. But when you watch a movie, or you or you read a story or something, you try to identify with somebody in that story, right? You're like, you know, if it's one of the Marvel heroes or something, you're trying to, man, I'm that person or I'm that, or, you know, in this story here, we can read it and we're like, yeah, you know what? I'm one of the ones in the crowd saying, Hosanna, yes, he's coming. Or, or maybe you're like, well. I, I'm more like the disciple. I'm obedient. He tells me to go, and I'm going to go and do what he, what he tells me to do, even though I don't understand it. Because we can all agree in this story, you're not Jesus. Right? Any, anybody need to confess now? I think I'm Jesus. Well, we will cast you out. Right? No. But, but understand that we have this where, where we want to identify, and we do identify with someone or in this story, or a person or a group of people in, in, in a story. And I think the this, this story is no different here. But as you are thinking about this, everybody think about that. Like, oh, who in the world, who do I identify with? Some of you, you are thinking along those lines in which I said. But before you, and I don't want you to say anything because I don't want you to, to look foolish, but, er, I was like, er. Right? No, but, but, but think about this. As I'm reading this story, I know who I identify with. And I know the, what, what, what I believe is what, what God, the lesson that God wants us to hear today and who He wants you to identify with in this story. Because of all the people that we're talking about, we know it's not Jesus, right? It could be the disciples, it could be the crowd, it could be even the guys that, that, that let the donkey go, right? The guys, when they, the, the disciples have said, hey, we're going to take this, and the guys were like, okay, I don't understand, but go ahead. If Jesus needs it, then take it from me. If anybody shows up to your house today and says they need something because Jesus needs it, I, don't, don't say, oh yeah, we just heard that in church today, so well, go, ahead, go ahead. And then give me a call. Hey, Pastor, I ain't got any money. Somebody wiped my bank account out. Why? Because they said Jesus needed it. For Panama, uh, right. <laughs> Unless it's me coming up to your door. No. But we try, we try to, 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 to uh, identify with, with, with someone or, some, you know, or a group. But in this story... You, me, the one we need to identify with is the donkey. We need to identify with the donkey. Now, I have tried, I am put making this as, as, as clean as possible because my wife said, You better watch yourself, boy. 
because I wanted to say here that, you know, I just wanted to call everybody an ass and just get on with it. But she said, no, that's not, that's not proper. But, well, I know, but here, here I'm, I'm trying to make it, uh, but really, and even, even Kurt said, you just want to stand up in front of the church and call 100 people asses. Yes, I do, because you'll remember that. And I'll tell you what, it, it's not, it's not a, a, you know, a, a derogatory statement. It's understanding that you, I, need to be the ass here because it is that which carried Jesus to the people. So, so think about this. This, this donkey here in, in, in this setting had one purpose and one purpose only. It was to carry Christ to the people. Just let that sink in. So remember the question in which I asked, what's my life's purpose? Your life's purpose is, is to be the ass, right? It's to, to be the one who carries Christ to the people. Well, I don't know how to do that. I, I don't, I'm not equipped. Well, let me, let me share a little, little piece of information with you here. Look back to, to the story here. In, in verse, um, verse 2, Mark chapter 11, Jesus says, go into the village in front of you, and immediately you enter and you will find a colt tied on which no one ever sat. I can't carry Christ to people. I don't know what to do. Did this donkey here know what to do? No. It says, let's even go one step further. This donkey was bound up. Because it says, untie the donkey. Untie it and bring it to me. How, how, how many, and don't raise your hands, but think about that. How many would sit here and would be crippled like, I can't carry Christ to the world around me because I'm bound up with this, that, or the other. The donkey would have said the same thing. I can't carry Christ. I'm, I'm tied to this, this hitching post here. Well, I can't carry Christ because no one's ever sat on my back before. I'm not equipped. Think about this for a second. You, you, you're, you're, you're the donkey that's never, never had anybody sit on your back. Now, all of a sudden, you have someone, and I mean, at this point, you remember, we're, we're looking at the, the view from the donkey, so he has no idea what's, who is on him or her. Uh, so the, 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 the don from the point of view of the, the donkey, now there's a, a, a weight on my back. And there's a whole bunch of noise and commotion and everything going on. Tell me that that donkey wasn't scared. It was in a, a situation in an environment that had never been in before, but it still had the same purpose. The purpose was to carry Christ. Now, as I look at this, and as we talk about all of this, I think that we can look at and understand that my life is to carry Christ to the people around me. Not knowing what that looks like. And I'll tell you this, some, some will say, well, you know, I don't, I don't really agree with that. Well, I, I don't care if you agree with that or, or not. I, I believe that, that what God wants, and this is the, the main focus for all of the, this sermon, if you don't hear anything else from me today, hear this. I believe that God wants to use you and your life to display His Son. 
That's what the donkey did. The donkey displayed the Son of God to the people. He brought him down in. And I love how Jesus was faithful to his word, too. This is kind of a side note. Did you see it says that he, with his 12 disciples, he returned to Bethany? That's why I think that the donkey came from Bethany. He went down in, the donkey did its job, and then he says he returned the donkey just like he said he would. But I also think, as, as we look at this, I also fully believe that even if you are not willing, and I don't, I don't know, maybe you're here and you're, maybe you're, you're not a Christian. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not going to hold that against you. I, maybe you just haven't, I just haven't got there yet. All right, you're still welcome. Maybe I'm still I'm wrestling with that. Oh, that that's fine. Re, let, let's wrestle together. Let's figure this out because I, I think that at the end of the day, what we have to understand is even if you're willing or not, God is still going to use you and your life to display His Son. So why would we not want to be on the side like, okay, God, I'm willing. I don't know what it means, and it terrifies the bejeebers out of me. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you, you, you want me to do. I'm willing to be smart, a smart donkey and not a dumb donkey. Fill it in. Right? Understanding that at the end of the day, the purpose is just to carry Christ into the, the, those around you. If we ask ourselves, and this is, that's the question in which we have to ask ourselves, how is God using your life to display His Son? How is God using your life to display His Son? Man, I'm going through a lot of heartache and pain and suffering. And, okay, I, I guarantee God, God can use that. Just like He can use all the glorious times as well. How many of us, though, are like, man, we're, we're kicking as uh, uh, Jesus when he, he encountered uh, Saul, uh, uh, or Paul was Saul, on the road to Tarsus. And then one of the encounters, or one of the accounts of, of that encounter says, How long will you kick against the goads? We don't, we don't understand that in our translation. But a goad would have been like a, a, a wooden um, board with spikes on it. And what would happen is it would be behind the, the oxen. So if they were to kick, they were to kick into this thing that didn't feel too good. Right? So it, it helped them so they would think, oh, kick, hurt, don't do that. Jesus says, how long are you going to do that? How long are you going to be stubborn towards me? I think there's a lot of us that, 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 that we fall into that category of like, man, if God's going to use my life to display His Son, man, this is hard. Yeah, I, I, how much opposition are we putting up against that? You've heard me over the past couple months now talk more and more and more about Galatians 2.20. When, when Paul says that, that I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, and the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. It's understanding that if I'm going to be carrying Christ, we need this to be the empty vessels. We need to die to ourselves and be the empty vessels so Christ fills us up. So that, think about this, and this is where the hard part comes in. Because I think that we're thinking, okay, 
I want to be a donkey. I want to be, okay, be the ass. Be the ass. Be the ass. And the funny thing is, even Kurt said, you know, you're telling these people something they don't already know, right? They've been called that many times before. Um, he said it, not me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be. And we try so hard to be that beast of burden. When we're not called to be the beast of burden, or to try to be the beast, I should re- rephrase that. We're not called to try to be the beast of burden. We're called to be the beast of burden. How? Well, what do you mean, Lee? You're saying the same exact thing. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is we need to die to ourselves and let Christ fill us. And as He's filling us, what we're doing as we're walking around, we're transporting Christ. Just think about that. Just think about that. that that's one of, the, one of the, the things that I think about all the time when we, it comes to this gathering, when we come together as a church. Because if I've got Christ in me, and each one of you have Christ in you, when we come together, the Christ that manifests Himself amongst us is different. Now, don't hear me like we're making up different gods. No, no, no. The way in which He manifests Himself to me is maybe the way in which He, or is different from the way in which He manifests Himself to you, but the way in which He manifests Himself amongst His people is completely different, and that's something that we need to enjoy because He shapes us. So understanding that if, if we really, truly want to be, remember, we started this whole thing out, we want to be a church where, where real people, right? Real people can find and experience real life. That real life is not something that comes by just me being theatrical up here or me saying some edgy things that you're like, I can't believe you said that in church. Well, it's, that's, that's, not being, that's not real life. The real life that's produced is that that comes from God and Him alone. I'm just a messenger. We're just the carriers, right? We are, we're, we're just a, what is a, what's, a, what's a bunch of donkeys? Is it a herd of donkeys? Anybody? I know they got all those weird names of, I'm just glad that we're not crows because that's a murder, I know that, right? <laughs> we just, we's just a bunch of donkeys. What we need to be doing is we need to be carrying Christ to those around us. Not worrying about, but there's a lot of people and I don't know what to do and, I get it. I, 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 I really do. I get it. When you have those conversations, when you have to display Jesus, sometimes it's uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, you're not trying to sell yourself. You're not even trying to sell Jesus. You're, you're called. You're told. You're commanded by Scripture just to display Him. Jesus says on the, the night before He was uh, crucified, he has this prayer. You guys know it, John 17. And he prays the prayer that, that those who are with me, and not only those who are with me, but those who will believe because of those who are with me, let them be with me to see my glory. The Father sent the Son so that the glory of the Father can be seen on earth. The Son did what He did and, and, and sent the Spirit so we can understand and we can enjoy the glory of the Son, but we can see the awesomeness of the Father. At the end of the day, this is not just a story about Jesus riding in to a, a, a city. This is a picture of how our lives truly should be if we're going to say, I'm on Team Jesus. We need to be carrying Christ. So no matter where it is we go, to work, to school, no matter where, we have to understand, if, if, if you are a believer, and again, maybe there, there's some here that aren't. I, I'm, it, one, if you're not, talk to somebody. There's going to be elders up here afterwards. Come talk to somebody. 
But if, if we're going to say, I'm, I'm with Jesus, okay. Remember that then Jesus is with you. And then where you go, he goes. What's that? I think it's a Chris Tomlin song, Where I Go. You know, I will go wherever you go or something. You go, I go. Maybe that's a car. You go. I don't know. It is a car too, right? How about this? Understand. The, I know you guys can, you, you've got the picture of the donkey in here because some of you have already tweeted, my pastor said I was an ass. I know you've already done that. Whatever. In, everything in context. But you'll remember that. Yes, I need, I need to. And here, here's my closing statement. Yes, I need to be an ass for the Lord. I do. Right? You'll remember that? Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you. God, I know that um, when, when we are real, uh, that um, things can seem a little weird, seem awkward, um, seem uncomfortable. But God, I ask that as we can uh, just pull back the shades and understand that the realness in which we seek is the rawness that, that we can just come before you and say, I'm just jacked up, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess, and I need Jesus because I, I, need, I, I, need, I need His help. As you say that, that we can with confidence go into the throne room with, with boldness and find grace and mercy in time of need. So God, let us, let us start, if we're not already there, just being real, so that we can, feel, find, we can find and experience that real life, that real life that you promise. Because I'm convinced that, that, that fake people are not going to experience real life. So God, let us be real people so we can experience real life. God, if there is someone here that is, you know, maybe they're on the fence, or maybe they're like, I don't know, or whatever. I mean, God, give them the, 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 um, the, the comfort and the, um, the ability to, to say, you know what, I, I want to know more. God, for those of us that are in the family that need to be more equine-like, God, let us do better at that. Help us to do better by letting us understand that there are things that we need to die to on ourselves and there are things that we just need to let you take control of. So as, as, as your word says that all of the, the, the promises of God find their yes and their amen in Jesus Christ, my, my prayer is that, that as you have said, that we can have life in you and that we can focus that, our, our attention on that. God, as we uh, start um, the, the, the Passion Week here and as we're going to celebrate your resurrection uh, next Sunday, my, my prayer is that, that you are stirring something up in here that, that, yeah, we see more people, but it's just so we can see and we can proclaim your good news to more people because we do want to see real life spread. Our country doesn't need a great leader or a great wall or whatever. Our country needs a great revival. And we need to focus on You because You are the source of that. So God, stir in us. God, let us celebrate. Let us be confident. But God, let us carry Your Son, the name of Your Son, to those around us. We pray this in Your name, Jesus. Amen.